excuse me, please take your seats. Excuse me, take your seats, please. It's the top of Act 2. Act 2 is about to begin. Top of Act 2, please. It's the top of Act 2, please. Sir? Sir? Hey, welcome back to the top of Act 2. Here we are. We're back. Ready for more frolic and fun. All right. So, uh, it is now time for a segment we like to call... Hamishin Bimpow, otherwise known as Tim and Alex's movie you should have seen by now, pick of the week. Before we get into that, I want to say with this Halloweeny episode, we that is possibly airing before and/or after Halloween, there has been a lot of um, there's been a lot of contenders. Yeah, this is a really hard one to choose from. Maybe even harder than Christmas movies, to be honest. Everybody's... Oh no, Christmas Christmas will be harder for us. But every well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's just a lot. I mean, Let's... because with Halloween, you just you just have all scary movies, really. Hmm. So. Yeah, and for me specifically, I wanted to pick something that was very on brand for us, which is tough because uh, th- there's a lot that it could have been. There's many options for what could have been. Yeah. I was uh, thinking maybe we would go with Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge, which is the best of the Halloween Town movie franchise, which uh, Halloween Town, for those of you who don't know, um, first of all, come out from under the rock. There's lots of life out here. Uh, second of all, Halloween Town was a, a franchise on uh, the Disney Channel original movie network. I love those Disney Channel That's- original movies, man. Yeah, man, those came in really strong in the 90s and then kept going, and I still think they make them. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. But but this particular franchise starred Debbie Reynolds. Yes, it did. As And and she was great. Um, the second one was Calabar's Revenge, and it was really good. They, they had the land where all of your like missing stuff goes to, and it wasn't really a land so much as it was one guy's house who was a hoarder. Oh, right. In this one, all the Halloween people turned into normies. They turned into normal people, and everything was in black and white. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, I do remember. You know, the other day you brought that one up as a, as a contender, and I was like, I don't think I've ever even seen that, but I totally have. Yeah, that's the better one. That's the best one. But we're not talking about that one. No, and also I didn't want to do Hocus Pocus, because even though it's Tim and Alex's movie you should have seen by now, pick of the week, which insinuates that you probably have, or you might have if you're a, if you're doing it right... Um, everybody's seen Hocus Pocus. It's probably the most iconic Halloween time movie. Yeah. I've never been a big Hocus Pocus person, so I didn't feel Ooh, right. uh, I'll edit that out because I don't want us to be rioted. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Give, considering the response from the fact that we've never seen Pulp Fiction, which we still yeah. have seen. Although it is, how could we be an authority on movies people should have seen if we've never seen that? Yeah, true. Okay, but what did what did, what did you decide? What do we got? Um, this week we're going to go with Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, which a lot of people have, of course, seen. A lot of people have seen it. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Though it is, it's so fun. First of all, it's a Tim Burton. If I correct me if I'm wrong, you have it up in front of you. I don't have internet connection, so you're going to have to help me out. Yeah, it's Tim Burton. It's Tim Burton. It's a class... Oh, we could have gone with Edward Scissorhands, too. Although that's not as Halloween-y. Yeah, that's true. But this is... It's it's beautifully shot because it's a Tim Burton. It's the proper amount of spooky and silly. And it stars some of our favorite actors, including Catherine O'Hara, who I just love. And Winona Ryder, who is making her comeback in these Stranger Things movies and just killing it, by well, the way. And, and Killing it in the way she used to kill shoplifting, you know? <laughs> 
She didn't really kill that. She went to jail for that. That's true. She got caught. She wasn't actually very good at that one. If she it was, was a cry for help. It, it, she's not good at shoplifting as she is at acting. Yeah, and she's great at acting. Um, Can I say somebody that's in the movie that I really like who you haven't named yet? I think I know who it's going to be, but yeah, go for it. Michael Keaton. Yeah, he plays Beetlejuice. Yeah, so he's probably the most important person to mention. And what I like so much about him is that he has had such an interesting career. Yeah, he's both Batman and Beetlejuice. Yeah. and right? he was, Right? He, Wasn't he Batman? Batman, Beetlejuice, and now he plays a lot of old bad guys. And he was also Mr. Mom. He was also Mr. Mom, yeah. I love Michael Keaton. Yeah, he's great. And he's so good in that movie. Yeah, and, yeah. He, oh, yeah, he did that, Mom reminded me, he did that Christmas movie, Jack Frost, where he, he is a dad who's killed on Christmas Eve and has turned into a snowman. Oh, so yeah. So he can say goodbye yeah, right. to his child. Wow, that's sad. All right. <laughs> wow. You'll never walk alone. <laughs> anyway, Beetlejuice is great. Michael Keaton. Also, Alec Baldwin, or as Alex likes to call him. Alex Baldwig. Alex Baldwig. <laughs> <laughs> and Gina Davis, who used yeah. to be in movies, and she's not in movies anymore. But we love her anyway. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Winona Ryder has made a pretty cool comeback, though, after that whole you know, her getting arrested for shoplifting. Yeah, well, she did Mr. Deeds, I think was her next thing after that. But then she laid low for a while. Now she's back with Stranger Things, and she is killing it in that movie. Killing that, it, man, yeah. That TV show, I mean. She's fantastic. But uh, is there anything else we want to say about Beetlejuice? What do you, what was it? It's comedy, obviously. It's comedy. It's It's got 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb. And uh, 89% of Google users like it. I don't really care what they think. I love that movie. I don't really like, I mean, because we've, we've listed movies off in this segment before that were like, okay, I, I don't care what people say or what it says on Rotten Tomatoes. This is a good movie. You should watch it. Right, right. Ex- um, unless the reviews are really good, then go ahead and trust them. Yeah. But chances are, if you're listening to this, you've seen Beetlejuice, so you know what we're talking about. Yeah, so let's let's just say you can if you haven't seen it, it's available on Vudu, whatever that is. I don't know what that is for two ninety nine, on YouTube for three ninety nine, Amazon Prime Video for three ninety nine, and Google Play Movies and TV for three ninety nine. It's also available on iTunes, probably for the same amount. It's probably more expensive right now. Usually they're two ninety nine, but you know it is Halloween's right around the corner, so that's probably. One. Speaking of 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 Beetlejuice, do you remember the cartoon that came after that movie? Vaguely. Yeah, it was on Nickelodeon. Vaguely. It was cute. It was cute. I liked it. Uh, yeah. So is it starring anybody else we should mention? No, I think that's pretty good. I mean, the other reason why we wanted to bring it up is because it gets us into Let's Talk About Broadway. Let's Talk About Broadway. The theater. The theater. What's happened to the theater? All right. So uh, uh, the second time on this show, for the second time on this show, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Uh oh. He didn't show up because the show has not opened on Broadway yet. No, so, it's currently in it's currently in D.C. at the National Theater in Washington D.C. Giving it a good old college tryout. Yeah, like you do with an original musical. Original music. Is it considered an original musical if it's I think based? So. Okay. Did we mention? Alex's thing? Alex Ringler's thing? I put it in the glossary, but we haven't mentioned it. We last week talked about um, 
the band's visit and our hypothesis for why it was the one that won best overall musical was because it was the only musical with an original storyline that wasn't a movie. And our friend uh, and soon to be producer debunked that for us. It was a movie. Refer to the glossary if you want more details. I don't have them before me. Still is a movie as fact. No, it's no longer a movie. Oh, they burned all, now, all, now, all copies. Now it's a Broadway musical. And much like that is Beetlejuice. So let's let's talk about it. Yeah, Beetlejuice is uh, going to be opening at the Winter Garden Theater at some point after uh, School of Rock closes. And it's starring some familiar faces, such as Carrie Butler. Um, I'm not sure who's playing Catherine O'Hara yet. Eric Anthony Johnson, I believe, is in the ensemble. And I only know him because he's a uh, suggested friend on Facebook constantly. And I once gave him my number at an Urban Outfitters in Sacramento. So, yeah, Rob McClure is in it. And Alex Brightman. Alex Brightman from School of Rock. So he'll just close School of Rock. Well, he's I don't know if he's is he still doing School of Rock? I don't know. I haven't seen it. I I doubt it. But anyway, he will be back at the Winter Garden Theater for that. So I think he's playing Beetlejuice. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, none of these things that I can find. In fact, probably a lot of the people listening to this know, but I, I assumed it was Rob McClure, but yeah, it's pro- it probably is Alex Brightman. And then Rob McClure is probably playing the Alex Baldwig role. Yeah, or the the dad. Yeah, I love Rob McClure. Yeah, I saw him great. in Something Rotten. He was so good. And the show was choreographed by Connor Gallagher, which I've mentioned before. He was the choreographer for Elf, the Elf tour that I did. Oh, we great. Got to with him a little bit. Yeah. And it is one of two... Gina Davis movies that is going to be opening on Broadway in the same season. Wow. How about that? Because she was also in Tootsie, which will be opening next season also. It's going to be directed by Alex Timbers, who uh, directed Moulin Rouge and one of my very, very favorite shows in the entire world, Peter and the Starcatcher. Oh, awesome. He directed the Moulin Rouge that's going to be opening on Broadway next season also. Mm-hmm. So he has got two... Okay, I want you to imagine this guy's life. Next season, he has two Broadway shows that he has directed opening. Yeah, what a life. Must Must be nice. Must be nice. Must be nice to be directing so many Broadway shows in one season. So yeah. Pretty crazy. Um, In other Let's Talk About Broadway news, there is a video circulating now from last night, I believe it was. Um, Okay, so let me start this by saying... There is a video of a little boy singing She Used to Be Mine. What? From Waitress. And he slays it. Not only does he sing the shit out of it, but he acts the hell out of it. And um, they had him, after his video went viral, he's got like, I don't know, like six, seven million views and shares and all that. Same. It's only a a three-week-old video. That's slightly more uh, downloads than we have for our podcast. (laughs) Slightly more, yes. So they had him um, sing She Used to Be Mine yesterday at Curtain Call at the show. And so he's, ah, he, uh, from the looks of him, he's like 9 or 10, maybe 11. I don't know. He might just be small. Uh-huh. I'd, say, I'd say he's like 10 or 11. And he's slight. Um, I think he's going to grow up to be fabulous. <laughs> Sounds like you were to But his, his voice is just wick. I mean, it's just amazing. So he sings it, brings the cast to tears. He's crying himself as he's doing because I'm sure he's, as a child, very overwhelmed. But he also like really like feels the song while he does it. It is just incredible. And I'll definitely uh, post the web address on the glossary so y'all can find it oh. if you haven't seen it by now. Oh. It's fantastic. 
oh, I wish you would. I hope you do. Yeah. I love that song. In fact, Ben Platt has the cover of it. And I posted on the Instagram the other day, Ben Platt's cover of, um, oh, what's that Bob Dylan song? Uh, make you feel my love. Yeah. Oh my God. So freaking good. So freaking good. Go check it out on the Instagram. Okay. Well, um, if we don't have the chance to talk about it this week, I want to mention our buddy, our, our roommate, Aaron Craven, a big congratulations to Aaron, even though he doesn't listen to the podcast, that he ha- because he has... Nor does he watch the glossary, except for the pictures he's tagged No, out. so he won't hear this, but we will either talk about it this week, I'm not sure if we'll have time, or the next episode, but he is currently in rehearsals for a chorus line at Encores. Which is such yeah. a huge deal. Such a, such a huge deal. He's understudying Tony Yazbek, which is just, I mention him all the time on the show because I'm a huge fan. He's also understudying Max Clayton. Yeah. So, must be nice. Must be nice. But it's so funny. I, he comes home every day after rehearsals and, you know, he's pooped out. and um, But very excited to be doing it. And I'm not even going to get to see him do it. I know. Me neither, unfortunately. But I, I've been talking to him about, you know, what that's like because there are so many Broadway stars in that show. Our interview um, next week should be Aaron and Natalie Bourgeois. Oh, I should talk to Natalie. Yeah, uh, shout out to Natalie Bourgeois, who is also in that production. Yeah, so then it should um, be like a two-person interview next week. We should have them do it. Yeah, not a bad idea. Maybe maybe we'll just do that. Yeah, that, that I think would be better, actually. Time-wise. Great. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we do, I actually do have some fun. I got my friend Jordana, who's going out on Hamilton, we're going to interview, and Giselle who is in Avenue Q right now. And so got some fun interviews that we're going to hopefully get lined up pretty soon here. Yeah. And maybe we'll do uh, you and Matt Cariano talking about uh, who's done Oklahoma more. <laughs> Probably a good idea. I think I might have him beat still, but we'll see. All right. Well, I think that that's enough for let's talk about B- Broadway. Don't you think? Yeah. Oh, I want to add real fast. I did see the play that goes wrong again the other day. Still just as good the second time. I'll bet. <laughs> All right. This has been Let's, Let's talk, talk About Broadway. Okay. Well, let's move on to our interview. Let's do our interview. Okay. So we have a fun guest here today, the illustrious Brooke Lacey. Hi, friends. Uh, Brooke and I met. We don't have Tim for this interview here today. and. Sad. I'm not, sadly, we were originally supposed to, but he had to work. And actually by whatever episode we use this interview for, this is going to be weeks from now. So this is kind of going to be out of place because you're leaving. Yeah. So, cause we've had to take a bunch of, we've had to do a bunch of interviews in the past two days so that we can then have them for the, for when Tim and I are in two different states. Yep. 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 So, um, Brooke and I met. At Goodspeed this summer. Old Goodspeed. It wouldn't be an episode of the show if Goodspeed didn't come up <laughs> of in course, some way. East Adam, Connecticut. The only place I've worked. <laughs> and um, uh, you were Ziegfeld's favorite in Will Rogers Follies. I sure was. And uh, scantily clad, I might add. That, in several scenes. Yes. <laughs> which is basically the point of that character. Yep. Um, so can you just talk a little bit to start off with uh, where you're from and some of your some of the different companies you've worked for since moving to the city. Sure. So I grew up in a little old town called Overland Park, Kansas. Um, And I went to the University of Oklahoma for musical theater. Terrible program. Terrible. Worst ever. Graduated with a BFA in musical theater. 
and uh, worked at MT Wichita in my summers between school. That's kind of like a big, that's like the like the big place yes, to work around there, for right? Oklahoma peeps yeah. and Michigan and CCM, kind of like the Midwest, all those people, all okay. those, those programs. What show did you do there? I did actually 15 shows there. Oh, oh. <laughs> a casual 15 Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Wow. Not limited to King and I and Fiddler on the Roof. Did you- so they so they don't like you much over there. No, no, definitely not. And then I moved to the city in 2014. Okay. Fall of 2014, right around this time. And um, took me, you know, close to a year before I booked anything. It was wow. kind of like the first, you know, as a college student, a lot of college students are used to being given things. And yeah. you're, you're used to doing really well and being really praised by your professors right, right. and thinking that it's going to be piece of cake for you when you move oh, to the city. You, uh, yeah, and then you get yes. here. and it, Oh, yeah. And I then had the everybody same has that. Not everybody. Some people, you know, they move oh, to the city and they book a Broadway show. We've casually. just interviewed, actually, the last three oh, yes. interviews that we've yes, done. Yes, we yes. did Alex last week. I listened to Alex. And, and then, yes. and then the, the, we did Josh Breckenridge yesterday mm-hmm. and then Veronica Kuhn just before you got here. Yeah. And all three of those people booked a Broadway <laughs> show within like two months of. Veronica hadn't even graduated yet. Josh was two months. Alex hadn't. It's incredible. Couple, yeah. And I applaud that. But they always say, I was very lucky. I got yeah. very lucky. I'm like, I, <laughs> no. I feel like I meet you lucky people all the fucking time. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I know a lot of lucky people. Yeah. A lot of lucky people. So yeah, I did move to the city and I, I watched a lot of my friends book Broadway shows yeah. and people I had just worked with at MT Wichita and mm. it was kind of hard not to compare. Of course. To, to yeah. them and their experience. But I. Um, you know, the, the winter went by, uh, that season, that audition season started up in February mm-hmm. and then I randomly booked PCLO. So PCLO, I, for those of you who don't know, is, uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Civic, Civic Light, Light Opera. Opera. Yes. I've heard really, what show was it? It was three shows. I did Mary Poppins, mm-hmm. Gypsy and The Wedding Singer. Okay. Yeah. So you did PCLO really not bad for your first job. Not bad. I, I was truly shocked because, uh, People, there was just a rumor going around that they never cast people from New York ECCs. Oh, because they, they always have local. cast locally, and okay. they always want you to say that you're quote unquote lo- local. You have to have local. Yeah, you have housing. housing, right? So I lied, and I, I said that I could live with my friend in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. which I did for the first show, and then I just kind of found a sublet and made it work because I was so desperate. Wow. You know, when you're yeah. young and you're yeah. like, I'll take anything. I'll just, I'll make it work. I'll yeah. lose my entire paycheck trying yeah. to Just give me a job. Let me perform. Get something on my resume. Yeah. A year. I mean, cause, because going, <laughs> I went through the same thing. Yes. It By the time I was on stage again, it had been a year right. and I was losing my mind because you go from school and then and then your summers you were yes. working, you're just constantly going, 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 going. And then all of a sudden you're just nothing. Not in New York serving tables. And you're like, like, what the? Yeah. You can say fuck. It's okay. What the fuck am I doing? Nice. That was good. (laughs) I feel really, that was cathartic. (laughs) Good for you. Um, But yeah, it it was a total like WTF moment. What am I doing? And um, then when I booked that, it it felt great. And then I came back. The fall went by. Hadn't really booked anything. And towards the end of the audition season, I booked Maltz Jupiter Theater, my first World Another Rogers great Follies, okay. uh-huh. with Jim with Young. Jim Young, who's now sweet, on... Sweet, sweet Jim Young. He's the, he, he is one of the, the coolest loveliest, dudes. He, coolest people. He was... He's Right now, he's on the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory tour. 
he was in in Oliver with me this summer and 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 had to leave early for that so tour. But, but yeah, but so he, many so, connections. And he was Grandpa Clem in that. He was Grandpa Clem, and you were in the ensemble that time. I was time? in the ensemble. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's I mean that's a, another great company. To a work monster for. of a show, but a great in a great company to work for. Mm-hmm. Such a great company. I had so much fun. And so. then what was after that? Shoot, what happened after? Oh, that was North Shore Music Theater. It was my first show at North Shore. I booked Funny Girl, and that was another one. I feel like all of the shows that I've booked have been out of nowhere, and just oh, yeah. like I didn't expect to book, and it fell in my lap. So, 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 <laughs> what show was that for North Shore? Funny Girl. Funny and Girl. Then, okay, you literally um... just said that. <laughs> Get with it, Alex. God, sorry, I was thinking about myself. Sorry, <laughs> of course, as usual. <laughs> Um, no, but so I, I worked there, I did Funny Girl, and then I, um, actually while I was there, I did their local audition for Spamalot. Okay. And I booked that. Cool. So I was just kind of a North Shore baby. I nice. just kind of got in there and started doing all those shows with them. And the next show was Young Frankenstein, I think. I did Transcendence Theater Company, which I told you about in Sonoma, yes. mm-hmm. right before that. But then uh-huh. I went off to do Inga, which was my first role. Oh, cool. Outside of college. Okay. Yeah. That my first professional role that I had booked that felt like, okay, I'm getting somewhere. I'm not right. just going to be a chorus girl forever, hopefully. Right, you know? right, right. Um, and that was that was an intense process just because I wasn't used to being on that side of it. Being of course. Being lead yeah. and having to really take care of my voice right. and, and not right. be fun with the cast. I had to kind of distance right. myself. and. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really rewarding. And that was that. also at North Shore. North Shore, yes. Cool. Those three shows. And so that did that then bring you to? That brought me to actually uh, the net, the fall audition season. Nothing really happened, and everything was fine. You know, I was, I was, I felt like I was doing great. But then I kind of had a moment where I was like, I think I might want to move home. Mm-hmm. And I randomly booked a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Another random show I booked. At Pittsburgh Public, mm-hmm. which was going to be this past January, and um, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this show. I'm going to, you know, go home for Christmas, go do the show, just kind of like go through the motions, and then come back here, hit the ground running, see if I can reinstall some inspiration, and um, if I don't feel anything or I'm not excited by September when my lease is up, I'll uh-huh. give myself the permission to move home to Kansas and start over and try something else. Wow. Okay. And then while I was in Pittsburgh, close to the end of the contract, my mom was actually visiting, and I randomly got this email from Kelly Barclay, who um, choreographed Will Rogers Follies at Goodspeed. And um, I had been cut from the ECC this past fall because she was looking for shorter women to be in the ensemble. Mm-hmm. And um, which I was like, okay, fine. That's, you know, I'm not going to take that personally. You just learned it as you live in the city, you brush things off. Yeah, you get, you yeah, get you cut start from to auditions. For and, sure. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I was cut from that audition and I even had emailed her because she saw me in Young Frank. She was mm-hmm. doing 42nd Street after at North Shore. And so I thought, why not just send her a note and be like, hey, I'm interested in Ziegfeld's favorite? Mm-hmm. Even knowing that she probably would cast someone who was maybe more established in the business okay. or had a Broadway yeah. credit. Uh-huh. Um, which she, you know, she did, she had cast someone else. Um, and I remember her emailing me and saying, if you're still interested, we would love for you to submit for Ziegfeld's favorite. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what happened? I wonder, I guess someone just left Uh and they, they need someone now. But in my mind, I was like, oh, they're going to pick a stro girl. It's not going to, you know, it's, I'm not going to be picked. That's Susan Stroman. Season Strowman, yes, know. sorry. For, no, it's okay. You're, the, we're, you're familiar. We, we yes. use the briefs when we're familiar. The briefs, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I didn't have to send in a dance video, which was kind of bizarre to me. 
And mm-hmm. I that really also made me think, okay, I'm definitely not going to get it. She needs to okay. see me dance. Kelly Barclay is a tapping queen. Right, right. She needs to see the technique and mm-hmm. whatnot. So I sent in my sides and my song, which I knew pretty well because I've auditioned for Zuckfeld's favorite several times and not booked it. Um, and the next day I got an offer and it was, it was insane. When I tell this story, this is genuine laughter Mm -hmm. and like a smile comes across my face because I still genuinely cannot believe it sometimes that I actually booked that show and that role. Right. At that theater. With that team. In that way. In that way. Because that's, but I. That last minute. We were having drinks the other night and you had told me that. Yeah. And first of all. You would never be able to tell based on the performance. I mean, it was oh. you were. Fa- I mean, you were made. For, I mean, I you. you I, it's good that you go in for it all the time because you're made for it. Well, thank you. Uh, but it's. I think it's so important for people to hear about that because, like you said, there are so many factors that go Absolutely. into casting. You have to remind yourself it's not always about talent. It's no. not always about talent. It's no. not always about talent. And in, in fact, it's almost never about talent these once days. Once you get to a certain point. Once you get to a certain point. Once you get your foot in the door and you can you prove that you are talented and you can prove that you're professional and you can work in a, a work setting, um, it's not about that anymore. It's about who you know. It's about the connections mm-hmm. that you've established. And, um, and even then. Even then. Even then. I mean... Even even sometimes your connections can't. And actually, you have a good story about that too. About somebody that you were well connected with. Wait, wait, wait. somebody that you, with the guy you're the director for um, uh, something rotten. Oh yes, 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 yes. Where you you sure. had, had a personal relationship with that person, right? Yes. And it still isn't always. It still isn't always black and white. It's not like you make the connection. And you're like, okay, I'm in. Like I know I'm going to get this, right? I, cause, and I did have that mentality. I was, I did too. I was told that, um, and, and this isn't anyone's fault. It was just timing. It just, mm-hmm. it, it, a lot of it is timing. And in that case, I was, it was timing was not on my side. I was doing Young Frank and we were about to close the show and he wanted to call me in cause they were doing a last minute. Um, they needed a cover for one of the tall girl tracks. If anyone's seen something rotten, there's two really tall girls who dance in the ensemble and I, that was like a dream of mine to be in that Broadway cast. And then when I didn't get the Broadway show, like, um, I wanted, really wanted to be in the tour. And then when I didn't get the tour, I was like, okay, well, hopefully like they'll, I'll get a replacement. I'll get yeah. to be, um, in the show at some point. And, uh, he wanted to call me in the Friday before we were closing on that Sunday. And I, I couldn't make it back, unfortunately, because yeah. you know, we had a show. It would have right. been too, right. trying to train from Boston would have been too dicey. So he, you know, he was like... Oh, it's okay. We'll get it the next time. But you know, then now the show's yeah. closed. Right. So right. it doesn't always work out the way you think it's going to. And that's the way that it goes so often. You're it's the way away. The crumbles. You're yeah. I mean, you're you're away on a contract, and as soon as you're gone, something big comes up. Yeah. Every time. Every time. I leave New York City, I get an email from my agent. Absolutely. <laughs> that I have an appointment for. Like, it's a Broadway show or, too. It's oh, not. It's, it's a not show. a regional show. <laughs> no. It's a Broadway it's show. It's a Broadway show. Yeah. <laughs> like I cannot tell you the amount of times. I think there were like three separate times where my agent wanted to send me in for on the town when I first moved to the city uh-huh. in Chicago, mm-hmm. and I was not in town. And those were shows that I would have loved Damn to it. Yeah. be in the room for. Yep. I had, I had two come up in the same week once. I had just gotten home. I was like, I need to make some money instead, oh not God. be paying New York rent. Right. I need to take, as take soon as I got home, I get an email from my agent. We have an appointment for Wicked. <laughs> 
two days later, we have an appointment for Chicago. This is what happens when you leave the city. God <laughs> forbid you try to take care of yourself and your your mental oh, yeah. sanity. Oh, heaven forbid. Heaven, heaven forbid. forbid. And then I sit in New York City for two months and hear nothing. You exactly. Know what I mean? it's, exactly. Sitting around twiddling your thumbs. Yeah. So, but that's just how it goes. Yeah. So speaking of all of that, yes. one thing that I really wanted to talk to you about was what it's like mm-hmm. specifically as a woman <laughs> who moves to the city. Were you equity when you moved to the city? I actually was right before I was. Ah, damn it. That completely <laughs> ruins it. I ruined it for you. I'm sorry. <sighs> I will say though, I had um, a little bit of remorse in taking my card mm-hmm. when I moved to the city because of all these tours. I think the Nice Work tour was going out, oh, Nonek, uh-huh. and yeah. and all these, sh- and then Bullets of a Broadway went right. out, Nonek, and I was kind of shooting. I feel like I felt like I shot myself in the foot. Yeah, you, my card. you feel like it's like because I hadn't made the made the connections yet. Right, right. You want to make the connections first. Yeah, that's really really. It's, <clears throat> did you have you had an agent though? I had an agent, um, Hardin Curtis was who I signed with. Um, and I felt, you know, I felt taken care of. It was like I had my agent and I had my card, but I still hadn't made the connections yet. It, was, it felt like I was starting at square one again. Everyone's essentially starting from square one when they move to the city. But yeah, when you take your, when you have your equity card and you don't know anybody, that's like really taking yeah. a step back. Yeah, that's tough. That 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 because sometimes your connections. We were we were we were just saying your connections don't always. It doesn't always pay off in a Broadway show or in a tour, right. but oftentimes they can help you at least get into the room Mm -hmm. you know at this point I have enough friends who are associates on things that sometimes I can get an appointment that way or now I know this guy works over at Pioneer all the time so he's willing to help me out getting seen for newsies or whatever absolutely so that really helps Mm -hmm. and the fact of the matter is it's it's a completely different pool when when you're equity it really is it is and um I will say not having to wake up at five in the morning yeah. ever has been a blessing. And, and I do not, I feel very sorry for people who have to do that because I'm mm-hmm. not a morning person. Same, same, <laughs> and same. I, I don't know how many calls I, I don't know how long I would have lasted, yeah. to be honest. We had a roommate living here who I think we may have on the show at some point, Julia, who I adore. And she would wake up at, Four o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, go downtown, sign the unofficial list, hope. come back, hope that she would get seen, seen, come back, sleep a little bit more, put on her makeup, go wow. back, and then wait around all day and almost never got seen. Nonic people are the definition of grit. Yeah. And the thing about it is a lot of them, I did a non-equity mm-hmm. tour and a lot of, I mean, that was one of the most talented casts I've been in. Yeah. You know, that's the thing is there's this stigma sometimes that non-equity is is like the talent is not there right right and, which is so silly and that's so not the case it's not a lot of people all. choose to be non-equity a lot of people uh our friend josh we were just interviewing had chosen not to ever take his emc points mm-hmm. he was obviously incredibly talented because he right. booked a broadway show two months after moving here right but he, he some people choose not to some people can't some people don't even really know much about it it's uh, it's just it, it's, it's a such, personal preference. Yeah, it's a personal choice. Oftentimes it is. Yeah. yeah, and it's such a it's such a bummer. I mean, I remember Julia was just like, and she's so talented, and she just she couldn't even get seen for mm-hmm. shows where she could get the equity yeah. points. We're not even just talking Broadway shows, by the way. Right. This is like this is a just a, like any theater company, a regional theater. Yeah, any theater company around 
somewhere country. like PCLO. Yeah, or, right. Because the way that, for those of you who don't know, the way these auditions work, you, if you're equity, you, you, it's easy. Nowadays, you can just go online. You used to have to go, just go click in on person. Button, but yeah, now you can iPhone, just click handy dandy or and your, sign your up. Google Pixel. Uh, the Google Pixel. Nice little <laughs> plug there. Which I highly recommend. Only just know that it's difficult to navigate. It's, and there's no iMessage. And there's no iMessage. But anyway, I, it, it is a very difficult, difficult grind. And it is. I, I have res- But even, even moving into the city, so, so can you talk a little bit about mm-hmm. being, um, going into those female ECCs, that's equity chorus calls, mm-hmm. those female ECCs, I mean that, oh, <gasps> Aaron's home. It's Aaron. Long time no We have see. a reunion hey, here. Brooke, how's it going? So Aaron and Brooke grew up in like this, and I'm going to turn this off in a second here, so, that we, so that you guys can actually say hi. They grew up in like the same city oh and have known each other forever. Sorry, so. I'm totally in your way. Um, actually, I guess I didn't have to turn it off because, yeah. We can fix that in post, right? Yeah, yeah we'll fix that in post. Exactly. So we'll fix that in post. Little reunion here. So anyway, can you talk a little bit about, um, I guess, what your what your typical female ECC would would be what 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 your morning would be what how you would go through all of that um well usually they start around 10 a.m and uh you have to get up i usually get up at like 7 a.m because i have to you know do the whole kit and caboodle Mm -hmm. put on the makeup do the hair and um make sure i'm warmed up and stretched and ready to go depending on what kind of movement or dance is Mm -hmm. required um and not forgetting my headshot and resume, which I have done before. Oh no, <laughs> it's the worst feeling what did ever. You, what do you do? Do you just you just say mm, not meant to be? <laughs> you, just, out. you just left. Yeah, well, I mean, like you you can't. I would be so humiliated yeah. if I showed up without a headshot and resume. And yeah. Granted, it's only happened like one or two times ever. I think. Well, I guess you couldn't even. I get, well, nowadays you, ha- you yeah. couldn't even do it because yeah, they collect you ha- it with your exactly number. So. so you have to, yeah. You yeah, you'd have and to it, go. Yeah, you just. I would feel like. Well, that's a waste complete. of a morning. <laughs> exactly, full makeup, yeah. full hair, full beat, everything. Um, and yeah, still look great, right? Oh, still, yeah. I'm ready to yeah. take yeah. on the day. And you've whatever already had capacity. a cup of coffee. You're already like, yeah. You've got the adrenaline going. Adrenaline's going. Yeah, and you're now not I can ready look to go to bed. Really nice for that two year old. I'm about to go babysit. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah. So when I, sh- I don't know, I the vibe in a female dance ECC is unlike any other, I guess. And I know it's probably similar for men too. Just you, you walk in and immediately there are just a ton of eyes that dart your way. Just size you up immediately. <laughs> yeah, size you up immediately. I have definitely had moments where a guy comes in I'm like that guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> All he did is walk in, and then he ends up being like. Fucking incredible. Like amazing. Yeah. Yes. And you're like, wow, I feel like an yeah. asshole. And then I get cut and he bucks it. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Instant karma. Right. Um, and, uh, oh, I mean, it's just, I, I don't, I haven't been to a female dance call in a while just for that reason. Because you're offer only now at this point. Yeah. Offer Having only. worked for the yeah, Goodspeed. Absolutely. <laughs> now that I've worked for the illustrious <laughs> Goodspeed. Um, two Tony Awards, baby. <laughs> two Tony Awards. You're right. You walk into the room and it is the eyes. They just yeah. They immediately dart over and then you wait there f- until you're until it's time for you to go in. Yes, and there's just a lot of hairspray and um, uh, just people hogging mirrors and sprawled out all over the floor and straddle. I'm like, oh, can you go? Can you do that somewhere else? Can yeah. you not spray your aerosol can of 
hairspray in my face. Walk into a fog yeah. 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 It's, 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 I remember the first time I went to an audition where there were women auditioning right after the guys. Uh-huh. I was shocked because there were a bunch, I think it was Oklahoma actually, there were about, about a hundred guys, maybe a little over a hundred guys. It, and I think this was, this was an open call. So this was not even, a, this was even worse because this yeah. was, just in terms of the volume of people. Oh, God. Yeah. There Cattle were a hundred or so guys. I don't even know how many hundreds of women were there. I mean... for the Yeah, the ratio Pearl of studio, guys to girls is insane. It had to have been like three or four to one. It, I mean, Pearl Studios was just jam-packed with girls. They had, you know, they had all their makeup on and all this mm-hmm. hairspray on. All of them had their, you know, their stomachs showing and they had, the, you know... They're Leducas on. Top. Oh my god! Always, <laughs> always in a jazz pant and a crop top. And a you couldn't Leduca. possibly book a show <laughs> no. if, if your belly or button Lulu's wasn't skirt. showing. Yeah, oh, yeah they, they the all Lulu had the same skirt. fucking Lululemon skirt on. Yeah. <laughs> so, so them. how do you how do you kind of did you want to say something? Yeah, about? I, feel, I feel like you should talk about the differences between an ECC for for men and women, just in the sense of the energy that's in the room. I feel like it's such a different game for women. It can't. I think that. Um, Especially morning ECCs. I am not a morning person, and I know I'm speaking on behalf of a lot of the women that show up to ECCs. I don't really, I kind of have blinders on when I come in. I mm-hmm. have my headphones in, I'm doing my thing, and it's not personal. I love everybody. But when I see someone I know, and it's a lot of energy, it's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, huh? You know, and, yeah. you, and you're like, oh, we I want to be cl- excited right. to see you right now, right. but I'm sorry, I'm just not. I'm, I'm really tired. I'm not right. I had six hours of sleep last night. Right. Like, I'm trying to zone out here and get in my mojo. You know, I've, <laughs> I've started to do that too because we were just talking a second ago about how, you know, somebody walks in the room and you size them up. And right. I, I used to do, I used to do that. Um, and I found that, it it didn't serve. It detracts. No, it doesn't it, serve. It, sorry. You used to do it like yesterday. Like what? Do you, what? Have you? Has this changed at all for you? Has it actually changed? Yeah. Really. I'm fucking getting to it, Aaron. <laughs> okay. All right. Tell me. I will let you speak. Jesus. I will let you speak on your podcast. You hear this? It's like this all the time. So no, I, I did used to do. I mean, I, what I'm saying is, my first few auditions, I was I was always so nervous, and I was always mm-hmm. like, "What's that guy? What's he doing? What, what's he doing? Oh, that guy is he any good? Like, blah blah blah." It doesn't serve you in any way to do that because no. if they're good, they're good, and if they're not, they're not, and it doesn't really There's matter. No reason for you to get in your head over whether yeah. someone's good or not. What's better? What what really is actually going to help me book it is mm-hmm. if I just focus on myself. Yeah. So when the other groups are going, the way that a, an, an ECC works, you go in, they teach you the dance combination, and then you usually go, go in groups of four, maybe three. Yeah. And, um, but there's I a, don't, it's a big group of people. Walking. It's, it's, yeah, it's like right. there are four people on the floor, you know, dancing yeah. at, the, at a time. And everybody, everybody else, else is standing is around. watching you and judging you. Right. So that's but I fun. stopped watching though. I stopped. Yes. I don't, I just go off the choreography. Yep. I just think about yep, the choreography too. because, and I, it. yeah. And I think about what I can do to Meditate. make it my own. How can I act it? What, where can I make little acting choices and stuff like that? Absolutely. Because it doesn't, it doesn't serve at all to, to compare and say, Oh, I should be doing that. Yes. Cause I did that a lot. I still, I'm still guilty of that, but I'm sure. better about it now. I try not to just try not to watch people. Right. Right. I think it's better to do that. However, you do see friends from contracts and stuff. You that do, it's really good and that, to that's see and exciting. You want to say hi. It depends on who you're. Well, you know, you just—it's energy. Honestly, mm-hmm. it comes down to energy. Whoever's energy you want to come into contact with, you'll be open to that. Right. Right. Um, like if I saw you at an audition, I would walk in the other direction. Well, of <laughs> course, if I saw me at an audition, I'd walk in the other direction <laughs> as well. 
<laughs> Run, don't walk away from Alex Stewart, everyone. If you see him at an audition. Uh, peep, I'm going to go ahead and just ignore that. I'm, I'm just not even going to dignify that. Uh, <laughs> I think that people tend to run away from me at auditions because they're so intimidated. That's got to be it. Oh, why do you think that is? Uh, mostly, um, well, first of all, I'm incredibly handsome. And I think people are intimidated by that. Um, also, my height, I'm very tall, and people are intimidated by that. Um, kind of a towering sort of presence. sort of presence, yeah. yeah. Um, you can't argue with that, folks. Really? Yeah. Uh, so I think that that and you are so lucky. This is a podcast, and I mean, you're going to be able to get away with so much. Yeah. Yeah, you have a really great face for radio. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you. Threw that right in yeah. my face. Mock me with my own words. So, but but you do make friends at auditions, and that's cool. You start to you start to see the Absolutely. same people over and over, and that's kind of cool. I've made friends that I've exclusively met. At auditions, right, and I've same. never done a show with them before. Yeah, yeah. but but you just see them, see them all the time. All the time. And we're like fighting the good fight together. Yeah, exactly. So. And that is really nice because I think, and in fact, we even started this conversation off that way a little bit. We tend to th- think of the audition scene as being so intense, and and it really is intense in, mm-hmm. in many ways, a lot of the time. But then, in other ways, you're right. There is a real sense of camaraderie, uh, and and that's really nice because mm-hmm. at the very least. You go to the audition, you see a couple people, sometimes you go and get a cup of coffee after the call, sure. and and it wasn't really the worst way to spend the morning. Exactly. It can be therapeutic. It mm-hmm. can be super, super stressful, and it can also be super therapeutic. It just yeah. depends on the energy. Mm-hmm. It can also be free class. So. Yeah, and it can free, be free exactly. class. Absolutely. Free class. There was a point this Always. last audition season, I went to so many auditions, I didn't need, I didn't need to go, didn't go to take class yeah. because it was fine. I was pay an arm and a leg for a class at Steps. Yeah, pay twenty dollars. Yeah, go in and get cut. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just go in and get, have your dignity. <laughs> yeah, just slain. <laughs> Do you want to pay in money or dignity today? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you you mentioned that you were kind of thinking about moving back home and getting out of yes. the industry, and so kind of to that point, going to all of these like what what was it that made you decide that? Was it just that the the grind of having to constantly audition whether or not you make it on Broadway you never stop having to audition was that was it that that was kind of daunting or were you just not being fulfilled with the work you were doing I think it was a combination of both exactly that I mm-hmm. I really and it was strange because I had just come from you know like my first leading role professionally I was doing Inga and Young Frank mm-hmm. at North Shore I was I felt successful coming off of that but I for some reason I don't know it's just I think just living in the city it can be really really tough and mm-hmm. really take a toll on you regardless of whether you're successful or not. And that's something also I've really come to learn since living here is that no matter how successful you are, it's not going to take away from any unhappiness that you have in your life. You mm-hmm. have to fix that. You have to make that choice for yourself Absolutely. To, to fix that. How many people do we know mm-hmm. now who are people like Jim, for example, yeah. who are older Broadway vets? They've done so many shows so many. on Broadway and yeah. so many... I mean, so many shows regionally, but as soon as they can, they move out of the city. Yeah. They move to Connecticut or they, or He's usually Jersey. to Jersey. Yeah. Um, because it's a really... You need some sort of normalcy in your life. Mm-hmm. It's fun in your 20s and in yeah. your 30s. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, when they reach a certain age, they, they either are, you know, they're getting married and they want to settle down and have a family and New York is not exactly the most conducive place for that. Right. Or they, they're just, they're tired of being in the midst of that 
grind and the craziness. You know, right. They only want to be in the city if they, unless they have to. They don't want to be here unless they have to. Right. And and, and if you want to start a family, you want to buy a house. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, you, you're not you're right. not going to buy a house in New York. Sure. You know, I, I was just telling Tim the other day. I was like, damn, I really understand why people want to buy a house because we are throwing money away. The amount right. of money I pay more in rent than my mom pays for her yes. mortgage. You know. Yes. And I don't even get to keep this place I ever. Know, you know. I know. So, um, so yeah. I, I can. I can totally identify with that. Mm-hmm. I think I usually have about three months in me before I always have to take a trip. Yes. I home. think that that's important too. If you want to live here and you want to make a sustainable living for yourself, you have to get out of the city. Yeah. At least every three to six months. Right. Right. So. Just go somewhere. Go I'm, somewhere. Go home. Go take a trip. A quick little, even if it's just like upstate New York. Yes. Or, you know, yeah. just getting out. I'm, I'm. In some capacity. I have, I work as a painter's assistant uh, oh. sometimes. And. They are up in Connecticut. It's one of my best friend's families, the Lariviers. Hi, they listen. <laughs> and it is so nice to be able to go up to Connecticut and get out for a week. I'll go and work for like a week. So peaceful. And just reset. Yeah. And I'm, yep. I'm working, but it's it still feels it's like different. I'm taking a break. Because it's a different I'm, kind of your brain that you're using. Exactly. Different part of your exactly. brain. Exactly. And it's so quiet. It's not emotional. It's, yeah. It's yeah. just like busy work that you're, mm-hmm. you're just... I don't know. It's therapeutic. It, it really is. It, it is. really is. Yeah. Like the first time I went and did that, I came back and I felt so recharged mm-hmm. just from not having to be at the mercy of MTA for a few oh, days. God. You yes. Know, or... That is the c- biggest contributor to my stress and anxiety mm-hmm. is the MTA. Shout out to the MTA for ruining my life. <laughs> I believe we talk about the MTA On a basis. earlier. Yes, I mean, you did in your podcast, in your earlier episodes. It's it's so frustrating. Today, I got on the train. I was coming up from Target at 34th, which is also the worst fucking Target. I went to Target, Target today. The one on 34th? Oh, no, Not you went the one at Barclays, yes, right? definitely. Yeah, that's a good Target. It is I, a good I've Target. I've done some shopping there. Yep. The one at 34th Street um, sucks. And yep. so I was coming from that one, and uh, the one train just passed 145th, which is our stop, mm-hmm. and then it just past 157th which is the next stop and then I just had to get off on I, th- I think it was 168th and then I waited for the train and with no explanation I don't know why it passed my stop and then I waited and then two other one trains passed by and didn't stop at the platform and I was like am I just gonna be <laughs> am I missing something forever it's gotta be you is it personal <laughs> I was like what is going on and then finally one came and stopped and it just took me right to 145th it's just like no explanation the one one train that did its job <laughs> yeah the one one train god you, it's just and you just have to just take it you know or like, you just yeah you, you just have no have, power to, no, to do anything you are at choice. mercy that makes me crazy. I know. So, um, so, so that was yeah. why you were thinking. So, and then you, but then you booked something big, and, and yeah, and it, it, you know, and that's that was a temporary, like just because I booked Goodspeed does that doesn't fix all my problems, right? Right. It's, it's I guess I'm just learning more coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm um, going to therapy, and mm-hmm. I'm taking care of my body. I'm going to acupuncture. And I'm trying out chiropractor. I'm trying, you know, just other. Things that can help keep me sane physically, mentally, and emotionally, mm-hmm. like stabilized. You learn so much about yourself when you move to this city. Yes, you learn so much in terms of what's important to me. Who are the people I want to? Ha- uh, I want to be in contact with. Right, and, and therapy can also be through friend, like meeting up with friends. Absolutely, that absolutely, can be the be- truly the best form of therapy. And, and what's more important to me is it important to me to live in a neighborhood where I have a lot of friends, or is it important to me to have a really really nice not apartment? isolated? 
Yeah, and and for me it was important. I had a really nice apartment where I, where I was living in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I had no friends there, right? And it was more important to me to live up here, maybe not have as nice of a place, sure. but have so many yeah. friends. And now Absolutely. I live with one of my best friends and my brother. You know, those mm-hmm. are the kind of things that are important. What kind of grocery stores do I like to shop at? Just, I mean, things that you don't, you never even think of. You right. know. Um, and it's such a specific thing to New York City. I feel like yeah. other people, when they, you know, they live in cities where you can drive and you have cars. Like it's really not, it's not a really a big of a deal if you're not close to, technically, your friends or grocery store. Or oh, whatever. right. And you're like you right. can just drive. Of course, and you'll be there soon. Yeah. Also, just in terms of the effort it takes to do anything in this city, it's kind of like you're moving through molasses. Yeah, there's so, so much resistance yeah. to there do is. the simplest thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is uh-huh. such a good way exactly. of putting so it. it. Makes, wow, it makes a huge difference just to be just to be in the near vicinity of the people that you want to see and the places totally. you want to be at. It yeah, it makes a huge difference. We there. we were talking about last night, and I don't think that it'll. We've talked about this before, though. I don't know that it'll be on the podcast. Flying out of New York. Uh, if you need to fly, I had to go to JFK recently. Don't. Or maybe I should use Newark. I, if I have to go to Newark Airport, I have to go. I have to take the one train to Penn Station. Then I have to take the train from Penn Station to Yikes. Newark, Yikes. and then there at Newark, I get off and I have to take the air train to the airport. And then once I'm at finally at my terminal, I that I mean that right there takes about an hour and a half to two hours just to get to the airport before security. Anyway, you are so right, Aaron. The, the the simplest things, the lines at the grocery stores are always longer. The fact that there are more people, it's harder. It, you it Maybe it's harder to walk through the streets. Yeah, sure. it's just okay. So. What is the most embarrassing moment that you have had on stage? Oh, no. Oh, man. I I thought about this. I thought about this. And I actually couldn't come up with, like, a hilarious, embarrassing... I mean, I guess it's it's kind of funny. It's funny. But it happened a long time ago when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And it actually happened a few times. And what, what I'm about to talk about is... The most unprofessional thing an actor can do, which is miss an entrance. Oh, no. I was guilty of missing my entrances on at least somewhere between three to five occasions while I was in Damn, high school. Damn, girl, why are you doing my stage? <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> I got really distracted, and I'd be talking. This is why I always got in trouble in school. I would be talking too much. But I would be talking to a friend or, you know, joking around or, you know, just not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And um, one year we did 42nd Street at my high school. And <laughs> the scene for um, you're getting to be a habit with me uh-huh. when you're supposed to be partnered up with another guy <laughs> really looks not good oh, when you don't God. show up yeah, for your yeah. partner. <laughs> and my best friend Kaylee Jameson. Oh, yeah. Who you know. Yeah, yeah, Kaylee yeah. Jameson. Oh, my gosh. Who's now Kaylee Jacobson. She just got married. Um. We were just dicking around in the dressing room and not paying attention, oh. and that sinking feeling. Yeah, it is the you, worst. It's the feeling. stuff of nightmares. Yeah, I, <laughs> I knew it was too late. I didn't even have my character shoes on. Uh, it was. It, it, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have gone on stage. It was. There was. You were not ready at nope, all. No, not ready. I was in costume, but the shoes weren't on, and I would not have had time to put them on. So we. Not only did we realize we missed the entrance and freak out, we ran to the side of the stage. I had my character shoes in hand. I'm standing there just watching my partner. Uh-huh. 
What just do struggle. Just what struggle. Trying to do all doing? the choreography by himself. As a solo, he just has a solo. He has a solo, and Kaylee missed it too. Kaylee, we both missed our entrances. Oh, we got oh, each other. So in they trouble started dancing together. So we have two men. They, definitely, a, yes. It's yeah. a very progressive production. <laughs> very progressive. Yeah. Very yeah. progressive. For, for Kansas, you know. So um, we we made up a lie. <laughs> I still feel very guilty <laughs> about it to this day. So we didn't get in trouble. We told our director and choreographer that the reason why we missed our entrance was because Kaylee had started her period and was bleeding through her costume and she needed <laughs> oh, okay. a tampon and we were fishing around trying to find something and I, yeah. I had to stay behind and help her. I couldn't just leave her. Naturally. I mean, as a director, I couldn't what just are you leave say her. What, is a male director? He was a female director. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, if it was a male director, there's no fucking there's way. There's nothing you can do. But it still worked anyway. It so. still worked. It worked out. And um, to this day... We still laugh and talk about it, and uh, I definitely have had That's recurrent nightmares. Times. Has that ever happened to you in a professional setting? No, not in a professional. I learned my lesson in good. high school. Five times later. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't I take also... five times. Okay, so you told me just as you showed up to the uh, studio <laughs> that you have a, because we talked about it in the first episode, I wanted to tell you, I was like, we don't. We don't have cockroaches anymore. Yes. We took care of the cockroach problem. But you said that you have a cockroach Oof. story, and I have not heard this yet. It, oh, man, I, I still can't believe that it is my own cockroach story, to be honest. I felt like when it was happening to me, it was one of those experiences where you're you're on the outside of your body. You're, it's an out-of-body experience. You're watching it happen to you. I was getting ready to go home mm-hmm. for my most previous contract in Kansas City, and it was a couple nights before I was... Uh, leaving and you know I'm just trying to get a good night's sleep Mm -hmm. trying to get rested up for this travel day I have coming up whatever and uh, I hop into bed at around 1 a.m. I've got my air conditioner going loud so I've got a lot of like white noise in the room so I can't really discern different noises like everything kind of sounds the same but I do get into bed and I'm laying there for a minute and I hear this strange squeaky hissing noise and all of a sudden, I, I'm like, okay, something feels like it's in bed with me. I, uh. I get out of bed, I turn on the light, and I see a giant cockroach uh. crawling away from... It was in bed with me, right next to me. It crawls off the bed after I scream bloody murder. I, I literally screamed bloody murder. Uh-huh. And it... It scurried away. Oh, my God. And it ran. So, like, my bed's here and my, my air conditioner and radiator are here. So, you're, you have your bed and your air conditioning and radiator, right radiator on the left? Uh, on the right. On okay. my right. If you're on facing your right. the bed. And it crawls up the left corner of the bed, goes down, crawls along, like, the baseboard and behind the radiator. So, I can't oh, see it. Fuck. And I'm screaming. I, it's like, at this point, I'm, like, freaking out. I can't, I can't fall asleep. I'm up all night. It gets to be like three in the morning. I call my best. I FaceTime my best friend because it's two a.m. where he is and he's still up. And I'm like screaming and freaking out. And I, I'm asking, what should I do? Which yeah. I know that I have to kill it. Like I see it behind the radiator. It's just still there, being it's still there, big and gross. Yes, and and, and antagonizing me. I knew Ugh. he was doing it on purpose. So how how big are we? Like oh, we're talking like oh, like like so, easily so the, that so big. the size of a, of a of a small mouse. A, a small mouse, a baby mouse. That is absolutely terrifying. Absurd. So, so what did you do? Um, burn the place. It's funny down. you mentioned because I would have just had to burn you the have room. To burn the apartment. Yes, burn it to the ground. It's funny you mention ammonia 
because I get out the Windex and I, well, I was Googling, like, how do you kill cockroaches yeah. without smashing them? Right. Whatever. I didn't have radio or anything. Because if those of you who don't know, if you squish a cockroach, it can not only don't can they it. have eggs Ugh. or oh, babies on them, which is something out of a horror film, but oh they also re- release a smell that attracts Attract more cockroaches. cockroaches. Oh my god. Oh which my is god. also out of a horror film. So how do we Truly. send it back to hell where it belongs? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have my best friend Taylor on FaceTime with me. <laughs> I'm screaming. I'm just I'm I, I can't tell you how many times I was screaming bloody murder. And I, I get the Windex and I'm like start spraying it. Yeah. And and I'm spraying, 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 spraying and finally like it took him so long to die. I, oh, they take I, I forever. probably sprayed half the giant yeah. bottle of Windex. Because it's the finally the fumes yes, kill them. Right. So he's like on his back and his legs are up and he looks he looks dead. He looks dead. And and pick it up, buddy. <gasps> <laughs> yes, yes. He started squirming and his legs yeah, started yeah. going crazy. And I'm, of course, like screaming. My anxiety is through the roof. What I'm, are your room? Where are your roommates through all this? No one was home. Oh, that's the okay. worst part about oh it. I was God. home alone. It's about 4 a.m. by this point. Like okay, I was yeah. on the phone with Taylor trying to get up the courage, muster up the courage to kill the cockroach for uh-huh. like an hour. And I finally, it finally dies. I finally get the courage to bring a giant, like, long broom over and bear, like, I am, like, six feet away from this thing. Brush it into the dustpan. And he told me, don't flush it down the toilet for some reason. He's like, go, go Oh, I'm sure that it does your- something that just yes. causes more cockroaches right. to fucking right. show up. He's like, go, go throw it in the, the garbage outside your apartment. Okay. And so I did. But I could not sleep in my own bed. Oh. For the mm-hmm. last two nights, I was. I'm sure. Home. Where'd you I had. Sleep? To, I slept on. I laid on the couch, and that's when I started binge watching Glow. And I, I got all the way through it because I stayed up until six a.m. until I couldn't. Until you were just too tired. It was daylight out, out, and I slept for like two hours. Oh God! Oh man, it was a... traumatizing. In I'm your also bed. Uh, maybe a little bit dramatic, but well, that makes for good radio. It does. You got to think of an actress, but 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 <laughs> I mean, I I mean, I was I in was my bed out. with me. Yeah, that's. I, no, hard no for me. That's a hard nope. no for me. Nope. Can't do it. Don't think so. So when I heard there was a cockroach in my Brooklyn apartment, knock on wood, there are no others. And it's just something you always kind of have to deal with here. Yep. But there are ways, there, there really are ways to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. And there was, we, we never had a problem with it until recently. And, and we, we've been able to take care of it. And... But I haven't seen Bill's one. character. Knock on wood. Yeah, sure does. It puts, you know what? I, I tell you what. I'll tell you what. Put some hair on your chest. It put hair on my chest because didn't change my voice, of course. But I, I, uh, when I first, when I saw the first time I ever saw a cockroach in this apartment, I was like, nope, nope. And I was absolutely up, not. I was up on the couch yep. and I had you know the broom in one hand and the bucket in the other hand. <laughs> As a shield. bleach, yeah. And and it was like the ground was lava. <laughs> but then as we had, you know, come come the 10th, 11th, 12th roach that I was seeing in the kitchen, it just turned into like... 10th, 11th, oh, what? God, motherfucker. You saw that many? Well, over several days. Not not all at the same time. I would have had a heart attack if I yes. saw that many at the same... Well, if you see that many at, a time, <sighs> at the same time, you have an infestation. But mm. by, the, by the end of it... Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, oh, you spray them. Okay, once they're on their back, you just leave it there until it finally dies. Because once they're on their back, they're screwed. God, it's so bad. And then you just get used to it. Yeah. So it it, do. it does toughen you, you up. You it does build You become character. immune, and to mice, too, if you've had mice. You just kind of become mm. immune to creatures in yeah. your apartment. Yeah. Little friends. Little friends. But you have to Good story. Critters. 
What? Okay. Now, I didn't give you a heads up about this one. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. So if we need to take a second, okay. um, you can. What is like your myself. What's your favorite restaurant in New York City? The first thing I, I want to say, God, the first thing that pops in my head is, um, <laughs> this might be embarrassing, but I really love Big Daddy's Diner. Big Daddy's Diner. Well, the New York Diner, is that like your standard New it's, York Diner? No, it's like, it's it's above and beyond. It's not your average diner. Oh, Okay. It's, it's not your daddy's diner. Not your daddy's <laughs> diner. God damn it. See how I did that? I see what you did. I appreciated it. It's located on the Upper West Side, and I think it's on 96th or 7th Street. It's like white, white, white off the one twain. <laughs> it's white off the one twain. It's called Daddy's Dino. It's really, really good. It's very, very delicious. Bringing back the baby talk. Um, <clears throat> it's really good. It's... Can I just interrupt real fast? Yes. Tim just texted me. He wrote, Tim's, as I said, not here because he's working tonight. And he just texted me, maybe no one will come tonight. Maybe. So Tim hands out the translation devices um, at Broadway shows. Okay. Oh, okay. And he wrote, maybe no one will come, I thought. Maybe no. Words. And he thought, maybe. Okay, here we go. How much tequila Uh, have I had? My God. Action. Take three. He wrote, maybe no one will come. I th- Why can I not? Oh my God. <laughs> Do you want me to read it? Maybe you want to read it. God, okay. Here we go. <laughs> maybe no one will come, I thought. Maybe I'll get to leave early, I thought. I was wrong. I got cleaned out. That means they took all of his translation devices. Uh-oh. Wow, that bit paid off. Okay, so you were talking <laughs> about... Um, Good job. Good job. So... So, okay, so Big Daddy's Restaurant, Big Daddy's Diner. Big Daddy's Diner. Oh, I was going to look it up. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. It's Elvis-themed. Ooh, okay. So everything on the menu is uh, homage, pays homage to Elvis Presley. I love it. And if you want to pull up the menu. Yeah, pull it up here. You should read off some of the... They have really good milkshakes, really good pancakes. Those are their big sellers. Oh, Okay. Uh, looks like there are two of them. It's a little touristy, I have to say. Oh, and I, you know, I also do love by Chloe. That's another favorite. It's a vegan restaurant. Okay. Another vegan restaurant. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's really hard to get people on board with vegan food, but... I, I will allow it for the sake of the podcast. It's very... <laughs> Go it, it's, it's good. It's really good. Wow, this food here at Big Daddy's looks amazing. So they've got... If you um, are... If you have an empty stomach, this is the place to go. Hot off the griddle. They got off the grill. Hot fluffy pancakes, chocolate chunk pancakes, hunk of hunk of burning love pancakes, bacon cakes, Oreo. This is my redneck voice. Why don't you do an Elvis voice? Oh, you're right. I got a hot fluffy pancakes, chocolate chunk of pancakes, hunk of hunk of. (laughs) What is this one? Hunk of hunk of burning, hunk of hunk of burning love pancakes. Wow, this think, looks I really good. I think ideal, but man, that does sound I good. dream of waffles. Give me some more waffles, please. The Brady Bunch. The Brady Brunch. Oh, oh. I guess it is. It's, it's like, it's a retro theme, but a lot of it is Elvis inspired. It's okay. been a while since okay. I've been. Sweet. Like a 50, it was truly the first thing that I thought of off the top of my head that was cool and... And, and fun and different. And fun and different. And but you're Brooklyn. I mean, you're still Brooklyn. I'm still Brooklyn. So like, so, like, so, now so I need to go to Champion Diner, the vegan <laughs> The vegan Some diner. avocado toast. Avocado toast. Um, but this well, that was a good, that was, that that was, was really vocal fry. Vocal fry. We oh, can get well, into that. Oh, by the way, it's on. It's I know on, you hate the vocal fry. I, I listened to the, the podcast. The podcast. I said you hate the vocal fry. Well, I don't only talk very much on the, on the podcast. Last question here. What is, what is a dream role of yours? What role is there on Broadway that you would kill to do? 
Like currently on Broadway? Or currently just... on Broadway. That you would that you would um kiss a cockroach for. Oh that's that's tall order. My mind always immediately goes to Velma. Velma Kelly Kelly in Chicago. That's like I that was the first musical that I ever uh, was inspired by as a twelve year old. Mm-hmm. I would be downstairs as a twelve year old, reenact reenacting every single role from the Cell Block Tango. I knew uh-huh. every single word by heart from the movie. Of course, I listened I'll to be. the movie soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I have always, you know, that feeling you get when you're like really inspired by something. Like your heart, like your adrenaline is on fire. Mm-hmm. You're like watching mm-hmm. someone do this role, and you're like, I have to do this. Yeah. that would probably be my. My yeah, do or die is, for, I mean, You guys will see because we'll make a profile, but um, Brooke is a tall, uh, you you are, well, I'll just say you are definitely the Velma Kelly type. Great. Well, this has been such an awesome interview. This is, this it's is so, so fun. fun. This was so, great. My they, first podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Babies I, first. <laughs> a couple days ago when I had mentioned the podcast to her, she had, you had never even listened to a no, podcast, No, I had right? I never listened so. to a podcast, which is Probably very sacrilege for most of the people listening because I'm sure you all listen to podcasts daily. Well, they listen to this one. They listen, so yeah. They certainly listen to that this yeah. one. So it's an honor to have you on. Thank you so much it's for an coming. Honor to be here. Thank I'm you so for glad that, me. that this worked out. Me too. All right. That concludes this interview. Bye. 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 <laughs> Aaron, are you going to say goodbye to our guests? Can you not kick the computer? Can you act like a human being? I I was expected to say. I thought you did a a lovely job wrapping that one up, Alex. I really do. I I I didn't ask your approval. I asked if you would say goodbye to the guests. All right, Alex. I think that's about all the information that we need to shove into this podcast this week. Yeah, this is going to be really fun to edit. I have no idea how this is all going to work. Yeah, bear with us. All right. Um, so, uh, do we do we want to thank people first, or do final thoughts? Let's do our final thoughts first. All right, go for it. Final thoughts. My final thought is, you know, we've talked a lot about Halloween. We've got some really, really fun holidays coming up, and I'm just gonna, you know, what this year I think I'm. I, I, once we're done recording here, I'm gonna make myself some dinner, and I'm gonna put on a scary movie, and I'm gonna do something to get into the holiday spirit. I encourage everybody to do something this year that's going to put you that's going to put you in the uh, the holiday spirit for whichever holiday is coming up. Thanksgiving yeah. is coming up. Give your sick make do 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 something fun for Thanksgiving. You know, maybe maybe go. I don't know. What do you do for Thanksgiving? Kill a turkey. Fill um, a cornucopia. What? Fill a cornucopia. How do you do that? You you fill a you fill it up. What's a cornucopia? That, like, weird horn thing that people put Thanksgiving food in. Oh, that's what that's called? Yeah. I learned something today. Great. So maybe maybe I'll fill fill a cornucopia up uh, next to my carved pumpkin and, you know, you know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go apple picking and I'm going to go to a corn maze. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, that sounds and then fun. For Christmas, put on uh, Harry Connick Jr.'s When My Heart Finds Christmas album. Yeah. How about you? What's your final thought? My final thought is that uh, there's a lot of different uh, holiday food, especially Halloween food, candy and whatnot. There is not a Halloween drink. And I think that should change. I think the official drink for Halloween should be butterbeer. Ooh, all right. I would agree with that. That's a good one. 
I also want to encourage everybody to check out the Tammy Shimbimpow this week, which is Beetlejuice. Check it yeah. out. Watch Check it. it if you have, it's going to put you in the holiday spirit. It really is. Yeah, come on. Come on. Do something fun. And also go see it on Broadway. Yeah, go see it on Broadway. And don't you fucking hand out raisins this year. <laughs> or apples. All right, should we get into our, our, our thank yous? Yeah, we of course want to say thank you to our good friend Mark Ferreira who helped bankroll this investment. Showed it. Showed it. And a big thank you to Ellen DeGeneres. For just being a the the America's sweetheart. Yeah, for being America's sweetheart. I was I was watching the '90s documentary because you know they have like the '60s, '70s, '80s, '90s, and the '90s was obviously really big on uh, sitcoms and stuff like that. And they talked. They spent a big chunk of time talking about how how amazing Ellen DeGeneres is and how iconic she yeah, was she- for. You know, and what what she did for for gays in on TV. Great, well said. I feel like I could well have articulated said. that better. <laughs> also, oh, a big thank you. I want to oh, say real ahead. fast. Okay, I just want to say real fast. Uh, just one more. This is my final final thought before we get too far into this. I am going to be subletting a room here in New York. I had uh, many people reach out to me on Gypsy Housing or Ghost Light Housing. Uh, two of which I had set up appointments for them to come and look at the appoint- apartment, and they did not show up. Cool, guys. No text messages, no text messages, no messages on Facebook. I just want to say, you people are assholes. Don't ever be that person. That's a great final thought. Thank you. Thank you. I wanted to make sure I got that out there. That's that's Because that really, really chapped my ass. We should talk about that on New York's A Great Big Pile of Stink next week. Yeah, we should. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll elaborate on that. Yeah, that's actually... I, I have things to contribute, so yeah. What what shares do we have? Uh, none this week. <laughs> oh, nobody shared us this week? Nope. No, somebody shared us. Yes, they did. Uh, okay, uh, I'll check. I'm Jenny, checking. Jenny. Jenny did. Jenny? Yeah, Jenny Nelson. Well, she didn't tag me then, so I didn't put it in the saved. Uh, oh, she tagged me. Um. Also, also, if you want to... Also, if you guys want to send in some... Um, some of your favorite Halloween costume pictures. I'd love to include them in the glossary. Yeah, you guys send us, send it, send it, send it. We have a lot of people reach out to us, but if you want to send us some, which we love, <gasps> keep reach. Keep oh my god! Out, but send us picture. What? Grant Richards just started following us on Instagram. That's fucking sick. Oh, amazing! Yeah. And 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 we have to say, who watched our Instagram glossary the other day? Wesley Taylor, y'all. What, what? Woo, woo. He doesn't follow us, but he's seen the glossary, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's because he was tagged in it. Oh, yeah, I, I did. I did. Yeah, Jenny. We'll do a clean thank you to Jenny because she did share us this week. She okay. was the only one. Yeah. Okay, so Grant Richards, do you know who he is? He's He's got he, – yeah, he's a big a big kid. He's in the, um, the Yiddish uh, Fiddler, or he was, and then he also was in the um, – Billy Elliot at Signature Theater as, as adult Billy Elliot. Maybe he's just a big deal well, to me, but I think it's cool. So we'll follow him. Back. Well, shout out to him. Shout out to him and we will tag him in the glossary. <laughs> Great. Let's get, let's get him on the show. And then a shout out and a thank you to Jenny Nelson for sharing us this week. Guys, please keep sharing the Instagram. We've been getting more followers slowly but surely. And tell your friends about us, please, please, please. We're getting lots and lots of listens and we are making... 
slow but steady growth. Not so slow, I would, I guess. But no, Grant Richards is following up. us, and Wesley Tiller's watching our Instagram glossary. Yeah, woot woot. There's a small time and the medium time and the big time and the medium small time. Do you know what that was from? Merrily We Roll Along? No. Uh, it was from Will Rogers Follies. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Which is topical because we have Miss Brooke Lacey on the show this week. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Thanks for being on the show, Brooke. Yeah, that's fun. That was fun. I liked it. I liked it. Find us on social media at Nobody's in NY. That's at N-O-B-E-I-E-S-I-N-N-Y. Close. Did I fuck But you guys can spell it. Yeah, you forgot the O. At N-O-B-E-I-E. No, that's no... What? Oh. Oh. N-O-B-O-D-I-E-S-I-N-N-Y. Yeah, nobody's in NY. That's Instagram and Twitter. We don't Twitter, have Twitter. Do not really, but we're there. Find us on Instagram, and then you can find us on Facebook by typing in nobody's in New York. Yeah, you can also listen to us uh, at exactly where you've listened to us today, uh, which is, you know, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Tell your friends. Spread the word, you guys. Really, like, come on, help us. Spread the word. Please, we have so many friends who say that they like the show and they think we're funny. So tell your friends. If you don't like it, tell your enemies. Yeah, we still need the downloads. Does that sound too desperate? Nah. Probably. Oh, yeah, probably. All right, Tim, why don't you send us off? All right. This has been Nobody's in New York. He's my brother, not my boyfriend. No, that's not the sign-off. What's the sign-off? You say... This has been the Nobody's in New York podcast. Oh, this has been the Nobody's in New York podcast. Oh, no, wait, I'm supposed to say it. That's why. God damn it. Hey, it's okay. I have to go through your misspelling of Nobody's in NY. So it's fair. I have to go through a lot of your rambling. Wow. What an asshole. (laughs) Well, this has been the Nobody's in... Oh, you know what? That's just as annoying 3,000 miles away as it is when I'm sitting next to you at the table. What a surprise. All right, go for all, it. All right. Go on. This is, uh, all right, you know, bye, everybody. All right, this has been the Nobody's in New York podcast. He's my brother, not my boyfriend. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>